Thank you for listening and subscribing to the Anchor Church podcast. It is our desire at the Anchor to provide a place for you to know God, find freedom, discover your God-given purpose, and ultimately make a difference in the world around you. Each week, the Anchor podcast features Sunday sermons. You can follow along in this podcast episode and read the sermon notes on our website by visiting theanchor.me. Now, let's get into the Word. So God, I remove myself from bringing any of myself into the words I'll speak. Make room for you to come, O God. Minister to your people, I pray in Jesus' name. You know, as Christians and as his church, you're called. We're all called. A calling isn't just for someone to be a pastor or just to go on the mission field. Originally, the whole God bringing that little tribe of Israel amongst all the nations was to show himself to all the nations, to all the people. They were intended to be light. And the church today is intended to be light. We individually with Christ in us, are his light. You read John chapter 1, says he brought light. He brought life, he brought light. So we've been called to show God to the people that are in our realm of influence. We've been called to that. God's chose some small and insignificant people, really, the tribe of Israel I mentioned was one of the smallest on the planet. What about David? You've been hearing from Pastor Quentin. David's been involved in those messages. He was the youngest. Uh, even his father, Jesse, didn't even call him to be interviewed by Samuel because he just considered that he was insignificant. And God chose you, and he chose me. And he didn't choose just randomly. He didn't go one, two, three, oh, four, you're mine. No. He chose with purpose. Because he knew he could trust you with his message and his word. Because God cared for you and wanted you in heaven with him. He's called us for a purpose. You know, original salvation was just entry. Now there's something to do. Well, you might say, I have a life to live. Exactly. And it's that life God will use. It's pretty simple, actually. You might wonder, how can that be? How can it be so simple? Because God wants the simple, unencumbered life to work through. He doesn't need all kinds of intellect and organization from us. He just wants our life to live through and to bring the light to the people round about us. Most of us, most everyone in this room is not called to be a pastor or called to be on the mission field, but you are called to be his light right where you are. The church leadership roles are meant to grow us and to show us uh, to know God better, to train us up in the ways of God so that we can go back out into the community. I've heard that spoken a couple times today. I loved it when Noah prayed this morning up here before the service. He just prayed these very words, really. 
He's called us to go back out. This is kind of like the filling station. You know, in these days of Teslas and all these electric cars, they need to get more charging stations around. Well, this is our charging station. This is where we're getting charged. This is it. And the church sends us forth with God's light into our communities. Whether you're a housewife, a laborer, an executive, a fisherman, a factory worker, whatever that might be, the workplace. You heard Pastor Brian say he recognized God wanted him in the marketplace. Sometimes if you have been involved in doing ministry, you get confused about that. You think, well, you know, if God's calling, that must mean I have to go into the ministry. Yes, ministry, but I, I like to call it ministry with a small M. Okay? Not ministry in the sense of working in the church as a pastor or a teacher, but you're going into ministry. And do you know, I, I read that 150,000 hours of our lifetime is spent working. 40% of our awake time is doing work. And maybe those of you that are housewife or mother, it's probably a lot more than that, really. Psalm 121.4 says, He who watches over Israel never slumbers or sleeps. And in that same Psalm, verse 8 says, The Lord keeps watch over you as you come and go, both now and forever. God sees, God knows. I remember when I finally yielded and surrendered to Jesus and thought back where I had taken him, I was so embarrassed and so beside myself to think that I took the Lord to places I never should have been involved in are gone. But the workplace and what we do for work is important to God. Ken Costa wrote in his book, God at Work, and I'm going to read this. I think we, oh, yeah, I guess we have it there. Is God interested in our work? Many people do not see God as a 24-7 God but as a withdrawn actor confined to a Sunday show with a declining audience. There is widespread view that God and work simply don't mix. The competitive cutthroat demands of the working world are seen as the obvious enemy of Christian compassion and love. But the God who created and sustains the world is also the God of the workplace. If the Christian faith is not relevant in the workplace, it is not relevant at all. I think, Pastor Brian, that's something you said to me. has to be relevant out there. There's work to be done. We have a calling, as I mentioned in the beginning. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 26 through 28. Remember, dear brothers and sisters, that few of you were wise in the world's eyes or powerful or wealthy when God called you. Instead, God chose things the world considers foolish, in order to shame those who think they are wise. And he chose things that are powerless to shame those who are powerful. God chose things 
despised by the world, things counted as nothing at all, and used them to bring to nothing what the world considers important. We're to be juxtapositioned against everything the world declares is what's important. Our lives are to be seen. And once in a while, maybe we say something. The more important thing is that people see Christ living in us through the way we live, the choices and decisions we make, and our demeanor, our compassion, and the things that we bring, which are Christ in me and Christ in you. You're called. I am called to make a difference in this world. And it's not by our own wisdom, but it's by Christ living within us. It, isn't, it hasn't been a straight line in my life, probably not in yours either. Actually, I was baptized when I was 10 years old. I'd gone to a camp meeting, gone forward, given my life to Jesus, and I was baptized down in Port Clyde, where we live now in the summer, called Browns Beach, which is right where the Monhegan boat goes out, where the ferry boat goes to Monhegan, right there. But you know, in my teenage years, I fell totally away from Jesus. I discovered girls. I discovered automobiles. I found things I was much more interested in, and everything about Jesus drifted away. I went to study to be a teacher at University of Maine at Farmington, but left that after a couple of years and then started a business with a friend of the family. He invited me into business, and I was 22, and then I didn't need God at all. I lived the worldly way until I was 35 and had a powerful, impactful encounter with Jesus. But circumstances of life for me at that time just left me drifting around. I wasn't discipled properly. I, I didn't have any Christian friends that could show me the way forward. So again, I drifted. Age 46, I was in England in an Assembly of God church on a Sunday morning. And the Spirit of God was so powerful in that place and there was a word came forth. Someone gave a prophetic word. And folks, would you believe it? I know you will. It spoke to me. No one knew I was there. I wasn't living in England. I was living in Copenhagen, Denmark. Only visiting. Yet, something was spoken that couldn't be for anyone else. And then communion came. And Gail's mother actually broke the bread handed it to me and said, the body of Christ broken for you. I fell flat on my face. The tears rolled out of me and God spoke to me and said, son, you've walked away from your birthright. And I won't contend with you much longer was the second part of that. That was a bit scary. Still took me another year to surrender to Jesus. I did that in Copenhagen, Denmark. January 1, 1989, really, I just went forward. The pastor made a call, the Danish pastor. I went to give everything to Jesus, and my world went upside down. It was no longer mine to manage. You see, my walk has been a work, walk primarily in the marketplace. I did six years by vocational pastoring down in Port Clyde, and God worked in our midst. 
I can see Bruce Jordan here. And Bruce and Bonnie came in to the Lord through that. Uh, I see my daughter and husband here. I had the privilege of marrying them. I see Dave Crossman back there. David Crossman came down. He and his wife administered one Sunday at our church. God moved upon David in the midst of his music and testimony to the point, and we were just recalling it because we hadn't seen each other since that time, where I was trying to figure out what to do next. He, I was to preach the word at that very moment, and I stood up there and I said, after this, folks, I don't know what to do. My wife stood up and said, don't do anything. <laughs> and David remembered that, and he said the anointing of God was on her, and it was true. And the people all came forward because the testimony David shared with us so impacted the people. And it's along the lines of the message I'm preaching here this morning. We're to be light. People are to know that we stand for Jesus. How did I get on track and stay on track, you might ask? Well, it wasn't a straight line, but it was God's faithfulness and guidance, really. So what are the steps for getting on track and staying on track and being effective for what God has called each one of us to? Know your calling. Uh, Nikki Gumbel writes in Bible in One Year, which I'm going through with uh, one of my daughters, whatever kind of work you're called to, it will probably occupy a large proportion of your life. Work is an important part of God's economy. It is part of what you were created to do and will be part of what you do in heaven. Work has an intrinsic value. The Bible has a lot to say on the subject of our work. So we don't escape Jesus and wondering what he's doing and what's going on in our lives just because we go to work. That is part and parcel of the package. That's where the light is to shine forth. So how do you discover your own calling? Well, it starts with Jesus. Is everyone in the room giving their life to Jesus this morning? I presume most, but there might be someone sitting here. You haven't actually done that. Then when this service ends, you're welcome to come up here. We will pray and welcome you into the fellowship of Jesus. Once you come into Jesus... He's given you life, his life in you. We've given our life to him. We now have an advisor, a leader, and a new CEO called the Holy Spirit. He's the one that tells us. So I want to relate this to spiritual growth, but I'm going to start just this way. I worked in the corporate world. After the business that I had here in Rockland, Maine, after 13 years or whatever, I joined a large corporation, Raytheon. Many of you might have heard of that. Anyhow, I, I, I joined the corporation, and I had to learn something very new. I had to learn how to submit. I don't know how many fishermen are in here. I certainly know there's some island people in here. <laughs> I see Matt back there. But, and I know a lot about Brian, too. We're pretty independent people, particularly those of us from Maine. And it's, it's hard to submit to someone else's leadership in a work role, particularly me, when I think I know better than they do what needs to be done. Yeah. 
<laughs> so I had to learn to submit. That was choice number one. Choice number two was I had to learn how to listen. It wasn't just a question of having a role. What was it that, that my submission was yielding me to? I needed to hear the instructions clearly, correctly. I had to learn what had to what to happen next in order to correctly be submitted to my leadership to accomplish what the overall leadership was taking us to. And then the third thing is I had to execute my assignment. Not their assignment, not somebody else's assignment. I had an assignment and I had to execute clearly. Well, coming to the Lord is the same thing. Submitting is number one. It's a choice. And I'm just going to say a few things as sort of person you relate and put them the way you want in your package. Submitting to God. I'll tell you where my track started to get a little more straight is when I finally realized I had to, have, I had to spend time with God, with the Holy Spirit. I had to have time. So every single morning, and in those days, in the early days, I was working going to work early, I had to set my alarm clock an hour earlier so to have one hour with God before I get into regularly getting ready to go to work. Some people will say, well, they, they can meet with God in the evening and other times. But I would suggest to you, not me, I need to start my day with God. I need that infusion of the Holy Spirit. How do you start your day with God? And how do you spend an hour? What are you doing? I have the Bible, I have a reading program that carries me through different segments of the Bible, not for knowledge, no, no. It's to allow God to speak to me. He speaks. He never fails to speak. He has always spoken, he still speaks. He spoke to me this morning when I was in my reading time. God speaks. And we... You know something? We don't rely on our own understanding. We need God speaking. I remember I was on a job interview in Seattle, actually. And I believe God orchestrated all of that. But there I was out there interviewing. I'd done day one of a two-day interview. And on the second morning, early in the morning, three hours difference to the West Coast, I called my wife. We were living in Long Island, New York at the time. And I said, Gail, you know, I met with this guy yesterday, this CEO. He's an absolute idiot. And I'm not staying here for this. I think I'll just see if I can get an earlier flight. And she said, hold on a minute. Wait a minute. You know, you've gone out there. Give it a chance. You agreed on a two-day interview. Give it a chance. So... Something Brian said in the earlier service is true for me too. It's really important to have a good godly wife with the word of the Lord to help keep you straight, I can tell you. When I hung up with that phone call with my wife, I went to prayer with the Lord and I heard him say to my heart, you know, you've told me you'd go on the mission field for me. You've told me you'd pastor, you'd do all these things. But the minute it involves the workplace and your work, you don't want me to have anything to say about it. You want it to be all about you. And I tell you, he impacted me so strong. I fell flat on the floor, tears rolling, and I just said, I am so sorry. 
I get it. And you know something? I did day two, accepted that job, and those four and a half years up in Seattle were some of the most important years for our spiritual growth. My wife and I, we got in a powerful church. We were used in it. We grew in it. Uh, God just placed himself strongly within us. So you see, if I was doing it by my own understanding, that doesn't work. We need the leadership of the Holy Spirit in our lives. We need to submit. It's submission. It's not real easy. If you don't get this thing right, nothing will be right. We have to submit. Discover who God made me to be. Stop trying to be something I'm not. We need to find the sweet spot. I always remember the teaching Vicky took us on with Max Lucado. Find your sweet spot. What did God made you to be? Submission is a big deal. You need to get this right. The next step is listening. And I'm not talking about surface listening. I'm not talking about superficial listening. I'm talking about listening of the heart. I remember Pastor Tommy last Sunday speaking about the heart having our hearts right. We need to listen with our heart. People, it's by faith. By faith in our walk with God, we literally hear him inside of us. It's not some kind of phony, fakey thing. It's absolutely true. We need to listen. And after we've received from him, we need to understand, be dedicated to what he's telling us, and be committed to the Lord. Look for confirmations. Observe your situation. Observe the circumstances. You know, here we were again in, in Seattle. We'd been asked to come and pastor the church in Port Clyde. I was going to have to give up a corporate job, a good job, one I enjoyed, a place we love to live, powerful church. But we'd been called a year before, and we weren't saying anything. Finally, God really spoke to Gail and I. We said yes. And then they said, but we don't know how much we can pay you, Larry, because, well, here's our financial statement. It was written out on a, just a piece of paper. You're a businessman. Tell us how much we can pay you. Well, it wasn't very exciting. It's not corporate pay. Actually, it wouldn't sustain us. But God, God, listen, what happened was this. I was involved uh, with the National Marine Electronics Association on a search committee. We were searching for a new executive director for standards. And one of the members of that committee phoned me after we said yes to going to Port Clyde. He phoned, Larry, you're the guy. I said, what do you mean I'm the guy? He said, you're the guy we're searching for. I said, I'm not an engineer. He said, we don't need any more engineers. We need someone that knows boating. You know boating. You know navigation. That is the important ingredient. The short version is they hired me as a consultant for two days of work per week that more than was adequate to cover our income needs. You need to hear God. He does it. This is true stuff. This is what God is about. Then the last step of this is execution. We need to do what he has asked us to do. Once it's been confirmed, act. 
and only stop if God blocks what he's called you to. And you'll know when he's blocking. You'll know when his red flags go up. You'll know when he's removing something. It's very, very obvious. But one thing God isn't doing, he isn't changing you from what he made you to be. The way you're going to be light is be just who you are. Wherever you work and what you do, wonderful. That's where God wants you. That's exactly where you're supposed to be right now. No other place. That's how God is working. That's what we're about, church. We're here to go out and be the light in all those places. The people that aren't going to come into this room and aren't going to hear about the things of God. You are the preacher. Your life is the preaching. Everything about what you do, they're watching. So when are you going to get started? Maybe you're already doing it. So if not today, when? That's the question for someone. You know, if you feel like you've blown it, you started out and it didn't go right and you got off track, then repent. You see, repentance isn't just for an unbeliever to become a believer. Repentance is also for us a believer. When we have fallen away and gotten off from track with God, repent, turn around, go back. I remember an old preacher preaching about losing the axe head in the river and was told by the prophet, go back and where you lost it and, and get it back again. Go back to where you last lost it, when you were doing for God. You see, Jonah repented and a whole nation was saved. What could God do with your faithfulness? He's calling you to. Repent. Do what he's called you to do. Be amazed at how God is going to use it. You'll be amazed. And God never rescinds his calling. Romans 11:29 says for God's gifts and his call can never be withdrawn. There's a call on your life my dear friend. There's a call on every life in here. It may be for parents to bring children up to know Jesus. Boy, does this world need families and households with children growing up to know Jesus, growing up in righteousness. Oh, do we need it desperately. You see, when we come to Christ, we enter into this place. We're saved. Yes, we're totally saved. And if he should come, we're on the way with him. But he's not finished. God said, you ought to be holy as I am holy. And we are growing into holiness, friends. We're growing into holiness and we're demonstrating it through that light we shine through our lives. It's only a question of when and where. Would you just pray with me, please? Just as I, just as I pray. Is there anyone in the room? I'm not embarrassing anyone, not calling anyone out front. But is there someone in here? You know God has spoken something to you from this message today. Just slip your hand up. I just want to pray for you right now. Yes. 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 Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. God sees those hands. He knows. Father God, Lord, I thank you that you are 
on a mission of presenting your call to your people, oh God. There are people here today you present your call to, people that know you want to use them, just as you called Jonah and saved a nation. You may not save a nation, but you may save a family. You may save someone in the workplace. Lord, I thank you that you're moving and working. I thank you today, oh God, for Anchor Church. Lord, we walk here knowing who we trust. We know you are the one. And like Peter, we say, who else should we turn to? No one else has the words of eternal life. Father, I thank you. I thank you for this body of believers. I thank you for the work you're doing out of Anchor Church, oh God. And I just pray now for everyone here that as we leave this place now, Father, that we walk with you, we'll shine your light, oh God, and we will say yes to that calling of who you made us to be and where you want that to be placed. I thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. Be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram for encouragement in your walk with God and to receive updates on events happening at The Anchor. Have a great week and God bless.